I am Sara Marinelli, and this is Letters to Italy. In this series, I speak with Italian expats in the Bay Area at the time of coronavirus. How has the pandemic reshaped our lives here and our relationship to Italy? If there has ever been a time to look back on our choices and ask the question, where is home? It is now. In this sixth episode, I'm speaking with composer and musician Laura Inserra. Laura was born in Lentini, near Catania, in Sicily, and moved to the Bay Area in 2006. A world-renowned hang musician, trained in classical orchestral percussions, Laura plays a large variety of ancient and modern instruments from different cultures, and her music crosses several boundaries. I describe my work, usually my music, as a bridge between ancient music with modern music and modern technology, meaning computers and and keyboards and and different things that allows me to augment the music itself or to enrich the acoustic world. So it spans from classical music to ethnic music to functional music like um, sound therapy and using sound as tools for healing eventually. And um, I've been exploring all my life instruments that are coming from different traditions and bringing those kind of uh, languages and sounds to my compositions. I started with the frame drum, which we call it La Tamorra, which is this vertical frame drum with different symbols around when I was um, 11. I've been mainly all my life a percussionist as a, as a natural approach to music. And then I, I started to play all of these different wind instruments, strings and, and so forth. But I applied as well the technique of the tamora into other kind of instruments like the jambe, eventually the hand. So in my technique, a lot of the traditions from Sicily is still in my hands, even if I've been studying different other techniques and the classical music, the classical percussions. But my style, uh, it's clearly coming from those triplets. Before relocating to Berkeley, Laura spent many years in Rome, working successfully as a soundtrack composer for film and TV, starting in her early 20s. I'm curious to know what made her decide to move to the Bay Area. Here, the sense of freedom, it's so beautiful. You can be whoever you want. There is no judgment. And I come from Sicily, where there... You know, the culture itself is so judgmental. We have a lot of limitations in, in allowing everybody to, to be exactly who that person is. I was doing a lot of soundtracks back then, working with big companies. And um, in Italy anyway, even in uh, soundtrack for movies, 
still we have a sense of uh, classical approach, not a lot of room for nuances, for new directions. So that was the first thing. And then, of course, we know the Bay Area is uh, that one place in the world where all of the innovations happen. Here is the home of technology. For me, technology has been also something always present. I've been using computers, composing since 12 with the Commodore 64. So this other aspect of this freedom, innovation, and possibilities to express yourself and finally bring something that you, you value, it was really powerful for me. And so when I was visiting here, I thought maybe I, I will try for one year to see how it feels. And here I am, 13, 14 years after, I'm still here. In these many unexpected years in California, Laura has expanded her work and art and a range of instruments and musical styles. She has also founded and produced art festivals, music workshops and performances, and has become a beloved music teacher and sound therapist. Naturally, her work has been directly impacted by the pandemic. She resorted to music as her way to stay connected with her community here and her family in Italy during such a crisis. My work was completely frozen. My work till that point was performing. It was to see my students and uh, the instruments that we play at times, they need to see my hands closer or to, to, for me to look at their, you know, sound and through the hands or through. So we need to be in person. So it was a disaster. You know, the first months I was completely in a desert. I had different performances that, you know, they were cancelled. I had a beautiful retreat at SLN and that was cancelled. I had an amazing project with a, a choir. There were so many things that they were just being cancelled. So absolutely disaster as an artist, a musician, a performer. I was in those category of those that, uh, you know, we lost our job somehow. For me, COVID-19 was uh, a shock as for all of us. And um, Italy being one of the you know, biggest victim of this pandemic we've been experiencing and we still are experiencing, it was really hard. I still have chills of bringing myself into that moment to not being able as well to say, let me go and see my family and maybe I stay there. So that sense of limitation of trying to be present in a moment like that. And at the same time, feeling that was a, for sure a bad idea <laughs> to travel in that moment of uncertainty. It created within me a lot of um, fear and sadness. My first reaction, as usually it happens to me, is what can I do? Okay, if this means that we are dying, <laughs> what can I do to allow myself and my community, my family, to, if we are dying, to do it in a way that it has some peace within the drama, that has some strength? After having a few conversations with the family, of course, I decided that music was a way for me to 
make a contribution and give some kind of peace and, and release all of these tensions and fears by using those instruments and by creating sound journeys. It was also a way for me to react to all of this incredible uh, shock that we received. And I call it sheltering music because we all needed to be sheltered in place. But in, instead of feeling this place as four walls and, and feeling the constrictions, for me, sheltering music was a way to provide a shelter that was open because music allowed us to travel. So by doing these uh, online streamings through my social media and so forth, I was able to reach not only my family, but the community at large. And again, I did it as a, a sense of, I wanted to support my family and uh, I was trying to guide them to understand how to use music as a shelter and not just as a, an entertainment. But I knew that if I was doing it in English, I was not uh, reaching my mother, my brother, and uh, my friends, even in Rome. You know, I have really few friends in Italy that, or members of my family that speak English. So I decided to do it in English and in Italian. So my first one was, you know, I was talking, that was my first time I was so nervous in English and Italian so that everybody could follow. Today I'm going to speak in Italian and, and in English uh, because it's Tuesday and it's dedicated to all of those that have been going through difficult times, those that have lost dear ones. So, questa cerimonia è dedicata a creare uno spazio in cui possiamo fermarci, sentire ciò che In Italy it's not something well known as in the Bay Area. So, my first also fear was like, oh my god, I'm going to deliver a part of my work that I never been, first of all, exposed to the wild community. And again, like thinking that Italy is so not in that field of music as, you know, as a tool for therapeutic reasons. I thought I'm going to lose my family, my friends. They will be like, what happened to you, Laura? You, you know, you became like, what, a shaman or like a sound? What is that? Like you were doing soundtrack for movies. You were like playing, you're beautiful. What is it? Like, it's so weird. So that was for me the most amazing part is that I was so afraid that by delivering this work in Italy, I was judged and um, I needed a lot of courage to open an aspect of my work that I've been only open to private clients or to private groups of people. And instead, they loved it. I had all of these incredible emails of how it was helpful for people to do these sound journeys. I remember different ones saying, thank you so much. It's the first time that I'm finally breathing and relaxing. Or it's the, you know, finally I was able to sleep last night. And I was shocked that my mother, when I decided to create a second uh, series, just once a week, my mother was waking up at 5 a.m. in Italy to hear sheltering music, to connect with me also in a place that I ne she never done it before. And it's my, my being strong that is going to be what I can bring and I can help 
my family with, even if I am in the other side of the world, as my mother, or my mother calls America the other world, you know? But still, I was able to connect with her. Laura hosted these immersive sound journeys from March to August 2020, initially twice a week in English and in Italian, and created two series of 12 episodes each. She produced all of them for free, as her contribution to whoever wanted to experience them, and only later she edited them and made them available to purchase. Each shelter in music had an intention or a theme, such as resilience, grief, change, belonging. In the darkest time of the pandemic, she also conceived a few sessions as a commemoration and honoring of the people who had passed. Welcome to Sheltering Music and um, a sound ceremony today to honor the souls of those who have departed. Laura tells me that the awareness of mortality has been one of the red threads in her artistic and personal life. The sad predicament of the uncountable losses around the world due to COVID and the fear of experiencing a personal loss in Italy compelled her to establish a deeper connection with the Sicilian community she had left. The pandemic, in all its drama and its array of dramatic possibilities, offered her also the one to get to the heart of family relationships, to elevate the sometimes too earthly dialogue between a traditional mother in Sicily and an artist's daughter in California to say some of the unsaid, to fully express aspects of her present self, of the distant and foreign world she lives in now. In those moments where COVID was really afflicting Italy that, you know, badly, the way to be connected for me was, I was doing Zoom with my mother every day and I still do. And I was organizing, uh, for example, for Eastern, for Pasqua, il cenone di Pasqua, the, the dinner, the dinner of Easter, which it doesn't exist. Usually we do it for Christmas, but I was creating occasions for my family through Zoom to come together and still to have a meal together. So I was asking them, each of us, we are going to cook something special. And then I don't want to see you in pyjama, just, you know, change your clothes so that we have a sense that we are doing something different. My family is not a really um, technological family, so it was not an easy transition from phone calls to Zoom because I had to train them or to send them an iPad so that they could do Zoom videos and so forth. So it was a, a production itself. And uh, that was for me a way to keep not only myself connected to them, but to keep them connected to each other. And then sheltering music, again, these sound journeys, which in Italy I was saying to them that they were musicotherapia. 
So through that, some of them, they were taking my sound journeys and, and telling me, oh, this was amazing. And I remember this. And, and I was helping them, you know, going through those difficult times by using music as a place of conversation, which is better than say, how are you or how are the news? There is a side of me that I also had this trust that, again, if this is happening and we are going to die, what is that uh, um, we can do right now in order that if we die, you, we are kind of, okay, I did it. I don't have regrets. And if you do have regrets, what is there? What do you need to change in your life? Because maybe we are not dying. So there is a possibility. And with them, I started to have these conversations. Even with my mother, that again, I, I keep mentioning my mother because my mother is the classical Sicilian mother where she believes only in what she eats. Not even she sees, you know, <laughs> whatever it tastes good. So to see a person like that, and this is also what I love in my work. I want to connect and communicate with people like my grandmother, my mother, that they have no idea of all of these modern terms or technologies, but still I can reach them and I can be connected to them. So that was my way. And in those conversations, they were, you know, from laughs to moments of tears because you know now you are looking at things and fears but then you build connections that are more real because you know maybe this is the last time we're seeing each other what what do we want to talk about really about pasta or maybe you want to talk about something more deep and so memories of my father when he passed away or things like that so definitely for me to not being able to be there physically was not easy. But again, by all of these other ways to connect with them, that they were way more authentic, way more profound and deep, I felt still I was there helping even more than how I could help if I was physically there. But the human side, you know, in me as well, was not happy because as there, were, there was a moment where I felt I want to be there just in case something happened. And then you think, but the risk, because to travel as well was so dangerous at that time. And then maybe I'm risking their life. So I was like, uh, sure, that was not a good idea. So in that, I sat with that. Did I miss it? Of course. Even if I was there with uh, Zoom or FaceTime, it's not the same. So that pain of separation, it, it was there. And... My way also to, again, resolve and transform that is to create music, to create, to be creative instead of, oh, and cry for me, it's like through creativity, through another way to sending them, you know, a present or to send to my mother different things and flowers, you know, things that again still be part of my daily actions. Of course, you want to be there, but I don't think that that is a good reason to, to doubt about my, my, my choices. And I tell you, it was a great opportunity for me of true connection with my family that till that point was not there. I admire Laura's ability and desire to bridge the gap with her culture and family of origin. The immigrant, in fact, must be a bridge builder at first, you put aside your language, your stories, and your moments of nostalgia to gain ground on the new territory. 
Later, you end up doing the same with your home country because you inhabit a new culture and you speak another language that gives you another identity. And your new language expands your borders but draws one with your original land. Most of my family can't read any of the stories I wrote in English. Neither can understand what I am saying now. Yet, in our conversation, Laura points out how, somehow, thanks to the moment of crisis brought by COVID-19, she was able to reconnect to Italy and the community she left through the universal language of music. And music was exactly one of the ways in which Italians connected to each other and the world during the time of isolation. Of course, I had to ask Laura how she reacted when she heard the music performed on Italian balconies in the first wave of the pandemic. When I heard through Facebook post the first clip of this singing in the balcony, I had tears in my throat, not only in my eyes, but in my throat, because that sense of lament, of singing, in Italy it's clearly a way to release, to, how we say, fare uno sfogo dell'anima. In English is a ventilation of the soul, giving voice to your soul. And in those voices that they were joining together in the balcony, we were singing all of the emotions we had, and in that, sublimated by music, it was letting out our pain and receiving in those emotions the sensation we are together. No matter what, we are together. I will be there for you, you know, grandmother in, in the balcony. At the same time, it reminds me again how Italians, we still have such a root in traditions. And we know that singing has been a, a way again to connect as a, as, as a common popolo. We celebrate the pain. And that's why in our culture as well, we have the lament when someone dies and women, they come together and they do the lament to help the family of the departed to release that pain. And, and that's what I felt. I was almost not only hearing the song itself, but hearing people lamenting whatever they needed in order to feel better, in order to, to find the strength of, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. This is what I heard in that singing. We are together. We are connected. We felt that togetherness from afar. And I know for sure that any Italian immigrant wanted to join in in that sfogo dell'anima, the ventilation of the soul. That choral expression rekindled our sense of belonging, and we somehow felt more free to express some of the emotions that we often keep inside in our new place, more confident to bridge the cultural gaps, and perhaps made us miss home even more. I asked Laura how she feels about home and where home is for her. I feel lucky to live in the Bay Area because when you are an immigrant, it also depends where you 
where you go. Here, when you say I'm Italian or I'm Sicilian, people are like, wow, that's so cool. So for me, the experience of being an Italian woman expressing exactly who you are and no judgment, no nothing has been so supportive, really a privilege. There is the other side though, that the longing of the land. I'm from Sicily and for me, when you ask me where is home, it's Sicily. It's not California, it's not Berkeley. I miss my home, I miss my land. Personally, thanks to art, that longing becomes a piece of music, it becomes my new project, it becomes a plate of uh, lasagna so that I can taste, you know, <laughs> what is there. I feel that uh, to have the courage to step out from Italy, becoming who you are, and then going back to Italy, and then act from that place of strength as a woman. And that's where we can really change what we need to change in order to be who we are, to create a better uh, life for our new generation. What I hear in Laura's words resonates with the conversation I had with other Italian expats. And it's probably a feeling or an unconfessed, unconscious desire that any immigrant shares, that of one day to return, a real return or a symbolic one. You uproot yourself, you transplant and grow somewhere else. You become someone else. But then you look for ways to give something back and yourself back to the place you come from. To conclude our conversation, I invite Laura to imagine writing a letter to Italy. If I had to write a letter to Italy, I would say, Cara bella Italia, how beautiful you are, how you can transform any difficulty in a way that a dramatic situation like COVID-19 can be lived as one of the most touching experience that we can share. I am so proud of the courage that you've been going through and the way in which people still, they know how to support each other. And even if this drama has been happening, we were all connected, either through singing in the balconies, either to jokes about how many pounds we were getting because of COVID and we were eating three times more than usual. You know, that irony and at the same time, the rage that we were living, it was there as well in our words, in our posts on Facebook. So the courage as well to denounce our condition and be honest of how painful it was. And so I'm proud of you and we are still here, you know, all together. And I trust any sacrifice we've been doing so that we know that the future is going to be way better than the one we've been living so far. And I trust that that's a possibility for us. The two series of Sheltering Music are now available online at Laura Insera's website, as well as her current workshops. Laura has in fact continued teaching music workshops online and her latest modular program on a variety of instruments is called Metamusic Course. Visit her website at www.laurainserra.com
In the next episode, I'm speaking with Elisabetta Ghisini, entrepreneur and president of Comite San Francisco. Elisabetta shares how after the first moment of crisis, she reshaped her career and professional path, left the world of academia and embraced new adventures. Join me. Letters to Italy is produced, edited and hosted by me, Sara Marinelli. This series was made possible thanks to the support of Comites of San Francisco and Italian Consulate of San Francisco, with funding from the Italian Ministry of Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation. I am grateful for their support. Thanks for listening.